And good Monday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Monday edition. Booner, good morning. Welcome in. Uh, nice morning out there. Nice weekend. Great weekend. Uh, and uh, and looks like the rain's going to show up again today. But, uh, hey, uh, got the yard mode. We're ready to go. So it can rain for a day or two. Yeah, it's really a blessed weekend when you think about it. Perfect blue skies little rustling wind in the trees and kind of saw the rain coming on but it really held it off and i barely got some moisture on the windshield coming in so yeah i think i think today it's going to be there if i if i feel the uh the warm air in the mornings i really feel like that's a rainy day right there and uh and so i think it's going to come but uh but boone i i thought the weekend was great in a lot of ways if, if you're a tennessee fan too uh, Tennessee continued its its kind of march on on recruits, and uh, and got two more big recruits this weekend. As I, I thought, they picked up another big running back uh, that that was a really good need uh, for for this Tennessee class, and then also uh, nabbed a, a defensive back out of the state of Florida. Uh, that that's one that <laughs> he's a junior and he's as good as the film looks. So. I'm I'm excited about what Tennessee does. You know, I continue to give the caution. You know, it's 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 May, <laughs> it's May the fourth, and May the fourth be with us, by the way. Uh, and uh, but you've got to you've got to put it in perspective that it's May. You got to be hopeful. You you want these kids to stick, and and I think you know uh, the majority of them will. That's why I like that we're getting the volume that we are, because even if a couple flake out at this point. Uh, then we've got a really strong class, but I, I love the momentum that it, that it seems like in a downtime Tennessee's being able to gain and uh, and two more recruits this weekend. Big big weekend for the Vols. Oh, uh, no one no one's hotter. Talk about on the cr- recruiting trail. I know uh, who, whoever it is, Niedermeyer, T. Martin. Um, we've now added seven players to our. 2021 Tennessee football recruiting class within eight days. I'm like you. I'm a racing fan. I do understand caution, the flag, what it means. <laughs> but in another uh, sense of that, Wayno, it's let's get excited. I don't think I've ever – do you recall anyone ever telling you that we had seven commits in an eight-day period? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know that I think – in the in that way, but no, I can't think of a week that we just kind of owned it this way. Uh, I mean, there was times where we got maybe two or three in the same week. Uh, I remember one time we got Drew Richmond. Uh, we got uh, oh, I can't remember the kid's name. The guy who had Vols in his head when he recruited or when he when he announced, uh, he had it painted and cut into his his side of his head. But uh, we I've I've seen two or three a couple times, but no. Uh, seven and eight days that's uh that's pretty different and and i'll say of the caliber that we're getting not not just that we've you know we've put together seven or eight players but the fact that it's been the number one juco player the number one player in in this state the number one 
you know, linebacker in the country. You, you know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 top shelf talent, and uh, and it's people who have offers from a lot of other big names. Yeah, and uh, two commitments uh, yesterday on Sunday. I, I did go on there. Welcome the listeners to go on there and watch some film. These guys, uh, number twenty-two, that defensive back, the safety we got Sunday. Yeah, Rucker. He he's blue and white. Thought I was looking at that sprinter for the Dallas Cowboys in the Hall of Fame, that famous kick returner, and I swear I cannot Bob World yeah. Speed class, the first I was gonna say you're on your you're on your own on that one. I, I don't know. Not Mr. Cowboy Bob Lilly, but it'll come to me. He was the sprinter, sprinter speed. But Wayno, what about this running back class? My gosh, we've got well, overall the whole class we have uh five four stars. Two from the state of Georgia. You're just talking running backs, right? Um, I'm mixing everything up. Out of, out of our bunch, we do have five four-stars, two recruits from the state of Georgia, and uh, two running backs. The, the I was looking at the running backs. My goodness. T. Hodge. Oh, yeah. 6'2", 230. He's a power back. Tyler, yeah, he, he's in the 2019 class. You're just talking about the room in general. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking if if we get these backs in, you, you got Eric Gray. Everybody knows uh, super soft coming up, all purpose back. And this uh, Jamari Small, who committed the other day, he would be an all purpose coming in. Uh, Tion Evans, of course, he's five nine. He was like uh, two twenty five. You know a, who he reminds me of. Who else was about five nine, about two twenty five? Uh, Tennessee wise, yeah. Travis Henry, the the cheese. He he was a tank. He was slowed to the ground. You couldn't get under him. He had leverage on you all the time. Uh, no. Ty Chandler is a senior. Tim Jordan is a senior. Uh, Carlene Fields is a senior. I see. I see how Pruitt was ready to recruit. I mean, he's just telling them the cupboard's getting ready to be bare, guys. You got to come in here and help us. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then in this class alone, 2021, you got Tion Evans, uh, that 5'9", 225. Cody Brown, who committed yesterday, six foot two eleven, And then you've got other pieces uh, on this recruiting. Jalen Wright uh, from Durham, North Carolina, he's six foot one ninety eight. Uh, and then you've got an athlete in Elijah Howard out of Chattanooga, 5'11", 180. So you've got some pieces that can, that can really work at a lot of different levels. You've got the steamroller, looks like. Uh, in that five nine two twenty five, but then you've got some scat in that six foot tall uh, two ten range, which is very much a Jalen Hurd frame. It's a uh, you know it's an Eric Dickerson frame. It's it's that level uh, of a player. So you hope that they they can get the production that those guys did. But you, you know I think you just got to be excited about what what it could be. But again, uh, uh, you, you know, and, and you know I'm a cautious guy. I'm a glass half empty guy when it comes to recruiting. I guess, but. But I would, I would say, you know, it's kind of, you know, a bird in the hands worth two in the bush. Uh, once they commit, I think you got to look at it and say they've obviously felt something strong enough to say that. So there, there is a, you know, not to use the word, but there's a commitment that they're going to have to undo to change their mind now. So and I and I think I think with Niedermeyer, T. Martin, Jay Graham, Jeremy Pruitt on and on and on on this coaching staff. It's not going to be for a lack of contact. It's not going to be because they quit talking to me. It's just going to be whether whether somebody else has a has a bigger uh has a bigger 
let's just say a shinier toy. Let's just say that. Uh, I'm not going to count all my chickens. They've not hatched, but hey, I, I'll tell you this. I'm excited. We're number one in the SEC in recruiting. I will take it. Oh, absolutely. We're number three in the nation. Which one of those two would you rather be? Number one in the SEC or three in the nation? Well, I, I'd rather be one in the SEC. I feel like if you're three in the nation, then there's two SEC guys in front of you. It can happen. It can happen. I, I remember last year we finished 10 and we were seventh in the SEC. Hey, Wayne, I've got a teeny bit of a theory. Do you th It used to be Georgia's up there, uh, decade, their dynasty, whatever you call it. They were pushing Bama, pushing Bama. Then they dropped off a teeny bit, but they were still getting the SEC championship game. Then suddenly LSU moves ahead of them. Is Georgia's dynasty a teeny bit crumbling now? Chipping away at the old I, – I wouldn't say that because neither neither Georgia nor Alabama's up there. I think Alabama, for the last time I looked, was number 42 in the 2021 class. So uh, they're going to add pieces late. I mean, don't – don't. it's they're, – they're not – there's a reason why they are where they are is because they knew how to get there. So uh, I think uh, – I think Alabama and Georgia is going to come on later in the year. I, I think in the fall they're going to do some things. They're going to bring people on campus, get some commits. Uh, there's a lot of guys that are going to, you know, that haven't really turned tuned up their uh, their recruitment. You know, they're waiting for that senior year, hoping to get a, a third star, a fourth star, a fifth star, and uh, and then they'll they'll make their decisions. So I fully expect Georgia and Alabama to to come on steamroll. But no, I'll say I'll say Georgia's problem is is they keep turning coaches over. You know, it's one of those stability and, and Jeremy Pruitt obviously is working losing that offensive line coach, yeah. am I right? That hurts Georgia. Pittman. Yeah, yeah. Well and Jim Chaney two years ago and then now they've got a new coordinator. Uh they've got a new offensive line coach, you know, and, and they're losing guys like DeAndre Swift and things. So I I just think there there's turnover, and turnover normally doesn't help you in the recruiting trail unless you just upgrade every time. Uh, Tennessee is is kind of an asterisk in that regard. Uh, they've turned over coaches every season, but yet has has continued to get stronger in the recruiting trail. But but I think I think Tennessee's asterisk gets over overshadowed by the fact that you got some hometown boys. Uh, and when I say that, you've got T Martin. You know, he can say not only have I done it at a very high level, I've done it here Jay at a Graham. very high level. Jay Graham, same thing. And then I even put Jim Chaney in that. This is his second, second stint. Second time around. Yeah, it's his second stint in Knoxville, and he can say, listen, listen, I, I couldn't get enough the first time. I'm back. I left a that's, national champion contender to come here to do it. Why would you say that's that? That's a good sign floating around second time instead of fleeing. Bob Hayes is my Olympic sprinter for the Cowboys. There you go. It's, but it, but it'd be different, but it'd be different Boone if he if he left some struggling program to come back to Tennessee. He left Georgia literally the spring after they had played Alabama in the national championship. And there there might be a, a teeny bit of word on the street as to why Georgia lost a, a really solid future pro uh Little offensive K, yeah. lineman. But uh, it's a numbers thing, Wayne. We have 16 players, and I remember a lot, most of the time we were on the other side of the spectrum. We were short in numbers and wishing we had more commits. Food for thought, though, these guys are hemmed in. They're focusing. They're, they're kind of bored. Maybe they've got that strong focus on, and they're making some serious, good, complete thoughts here in their decisions. Well, I hope so. I hope so. And, and, and you know, there's still a lot of good good – recruits out there that Tennessee's after uh looking over here at the the rivals top 100 
top three were in their, their crystal ball list. So Corey Foreman, defensive end, uh, Amarius Mims, offensive lineman, and Caleb Williams, uh, a quarterback, and then JT Tua, Tuamala-O. Yeah, that's that's one. I'm pretty sure I butchered that. I'll but bet you he's a defensive tackle. He is a defensive end. Close enough. We'll give you. Hey, you can never have enough big, strong offensive linemen and solid D linemen. Well, and I think I think Pruitt understands that. I, I think he's built it with the JUCO transfers, and then he's doing it in the recruiting trail. But, but Boone, uh, a little bit talking about building things, a recruiting trail, and and putting some pressure where maybe pressure needs to be. Uh, our first topic. <laughs> Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's a cowboy. He leaves the Bengals, heads to heads to Jerry's world. Uh, he'll be the backup to Dak Prescott, more than likely. But uh, the kind of question looms, and Jeffy Mack and I talked about this off air, and we we've kind of we were we kind of messaged about it yesterday. Is this is this sheerly cut and dry a backup scenario? Andy Dalton's is now a backup quarterback. This is a role that if Dak Prescott gets injured, if if things doesn't they don't go the way Mike McCarthy kind of are interested in, you've got a serviceable guy uh, to come in and play, or or the school of thought that Jeff and I live in, this is a pusher, this is a button for Dak Prescott saying, listen, you don't have to renegotiate, but I'm telling you, we're not waiting on it. I think Mike McCarthy beats to a different drum. I think he's a he's a, he's a team first guy, and I think Andy Dalton can get with that. And I think he's got a few few little years left on his on his tread. And uh, and I think this is one of those deals saying, Dak, you need to get your stuff in gear. We've got a guy who's uh, who's who's been in a lot worse situations, uh, ready to come in here and throw touchdown passes. Well, I'm going to blow your mind when I say this. Blow it. Pew, it's forty million dollars a year. It's no secret, and we're just going to – That's the number Dak wants. That's what. That's, that's the deal. He's probably going to get it, but that shows you how much these owners there, make. It's just there's phenomenal. There's no way. There is no way. I, there's a lot of quarterbacks that I would consider better quarterbacks. I still wouldn't give $40 million a year. No way. Hey, what what I did find out is uh, Big Red, the uh, quarterback from TCU, would you rather – would you be more – which strikes more fear in your heart, a, a horned toad or a horned frog? Food for thought there. I'll let you dwell. <laughs> but uh, he came from TCU. As long as, as long as it'll fit under my shoe, I don't know that either one of them. <laughs> anyway, the go toad ahead. just sounds kind of friendly to me. I just I don't feel threatened when I line up across the toad on the football field. But he's a, a Texas boy. You know, he turned down uh, the Steelers. They've seen enough of Andy Dalton. He turned him down. Jerry, uh, Jerry's an interesting guy. He's he's an all businessman. I remember Romo. R- Romo just he was always getting hurt. He broke a bone in his back. He broke his collarbone twice. You we could name five, six, seven different quarterbacks he brought in there, but he had this weird thing about him. In his mind, he's like he got burned early. One guy uh, he paid two million for. He was like one and six record. Five of the six games he started, he didn't even reach the 200-yard plateau. Jerry's ingrained in his mind, no matter who I bring in here to back this guy up, he's going to get two to three mil, and that's it. He was doing that way back in the 20-teens. 
I th- I think if he gets Big Red, it's it's a plus for him, Wayno. He's in the 200 touchdown club. He's in basically the 32,000. Uh, there's like a box you could check, I guess. Have you thrown for 32,000 yards? Yes. Check. Have you taken your team to the playoffs? You notice I said taken. I didn't say won. They haven't won since what? Bengals in 1990, maybe the playoffs. Yeah, he's went like. Hasn't he been to the playoff four times? Yeah. So I guess maybe he's, no wins, but he's oh, been there. Four. But he can check the box. Well, what, um, what I like about him is he's pretty durable. Uh, I mean, you look at it, he's, he's you know, nine years in the league, uh, and, and six of those years he played all 16 games, which, you know, in, in, in Cincinnati it's not, it's not the same. Like in, in New England, you look at that 16-game list, and Tom Brady's going to have a lot of 14s, a lot of 15s, because they don't play in the You know last what's weird, weeks. Wayno? Dallas Cowboys and healthy quarterbacks are just not – Two phrases and words you use in the same sentence. Roger Staubach, of course, he played five years uh, or was in the military for five years, gets out. Love to watch him play. Concussions got him. What's wrong with Tory Aikman? I would say ask him, but he wouldn't be able to tell you. Concussions. Of course, we talked about Romo. Uh, now, Dak, Dak breaks the mold, though. Dak is uh, – Dak's just a different style quarterback. You know, he's not missed a game. He's in that breed with Eli Manning, Brett Favre, <laughs> and uh, oh, who's the other one? There's two or three of them that just never miss hardly. Oh, our boy for the uh, Chargers right now. He's played like 224 games in a row. You mean the Colts now? Yes, former Chargers, the big North Carolina State guy. Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers. Philip, the I ain't ever seen a hole that I don't like to throw at <laughs> Rivers. Hey, it's a completion either way, Boone. That's what he thinks. <laughs> he cracks me up. But he, but what I like about Andy Dalton, you look at his first I, I think they looked at their first fifty games and, and, and both guys were within one game of, of the win loss record for each other. Both were really close in yardage. Actually Dalton threw more touchdowns uh and less interceptions. So uh, I, I think it's my bu- my vote goes to Mike McCarthy saying, listen, Dak's not the kind of quarterback I normally run, but I can appreciate his durability. I can appreciate his hunger, his want to win, et cetera, et cetera. But I ain't waiting on him to, to get his $40 million for us to win football games. I'm here to win now. You know, I think Mike McCarthy's got his own agenda. He's got a team agenda over a, over a player specific. Uh, they just signed Amari Cooper to a big deal. Zeke Elliott's got a big deal on on his table. They're uh, going to be really improved under him. I do not think, think Green so. Bay was committed to winning. If, if Jerry will let him do his thing, Mike McCarthy will be fine. He's a championship-level coach, and, and I think, yeah, you're exactly right. It, it's, you know, the old adage you use a lot is, is you know, people playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Well, Mike McCarthy had a hard time getting his checker pieces on the board because he didn't have enough bodies. He didn't have – you know, Aaron Rodgers, when he got fired, Aaron Rodgers had, I'm pretty sure he had a tight end playing running back. Uh, I think his number one receiver was on about his third knee. Uh, and, and then Aaron Rodgers was just, he had had an off year. Uh, it was a hodgepodge, a patch job of, a, of an offensive scheme that I'm not sure Vince Lombardi could have brought from the dead. King Aaron, thank God for those quick feet. He he was rumbling and bumbling and trying to not get killed most of the time, and he lost a bunch of receivers. Hey, uh, Wayno, 
playing fantasy football does give us a, a few advantages. I'm just – I am just not super sold on Dak Prescott. I watched him so many times I had to have me a win. Dak would have a guy wide open. Dak can hit the guy if it's a 20-yard pass, if it's a 25-yard pass. Watch him next fall. The darndest thing. Now, he, I granted, he, he finally threw for 30 touchdowns and like 4,900 yards. But you get him at close to 40 yards, the accuracy that Peyton Manning had, that uh, Aaron Rodgers had, I mean, he does not – he's just not gifted with accuracy. Yeah, and, and, and I, I guess I – I want to tread lightly because I, I, I do have a lot of respect for Dak Prescott and how he's gotten where he's gotten. He reminds to, you of Steve McNair. Well, yeah. Except he doesn't get hurt as much as Steve McNair did for the right, Titans. Right, absolutely. But but what I'm saying is is I'm treading lightly because I feel like he has overcome so much to get to even this conversation of $40 million. When he came out of Mississippi State, I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe you had the inside scoop. I thought he was going to be, you know, he might have get a, a look at a starter, but he's going to be a career backup because that scrambling, rumbling thing he does wasn't going to work in the league. That's what everybody said. But he's stuck. You know, he, he's done some things. He's he's kind of got there with Zeke, and they've done a one-two punch, kind of a run game, uh, kind of nightmare because if you if you commit to one or the other, you know, you've kind of given them an opportunity to, to, to make a big play. 21 rushing touchdowns in the last four years is not bad, is it, Wayne? Not for a quarterback. Not for a quarterback. So, what I'm saying is is that he, he brings something to the table. But the problem is, is I, I just – like I said, I don't know how long this lasts. I mean, you look at RG3, you look – and I think that's what's holding the, the Cowboys back. I don't know that they'll ever say that. But I don't, I don't know that it's the per-year cost – that he's looking for, it's probably the length of the deal that they're looking for. Because a running quarterback, I mean, you look you look at even guys that weren't planning to run that just get chopped down uh, at the at the prime. You know, Joe Theismann, look at that. You know, you look at Alex oh, Smith, you yeah. look at and, – and ironically, they get taken out at the same, the same day uh, on an anniversary of the, of the event, same team, same stadium. Hey, those, those are some big, quick, super fast – grown men last season there were only 13 quarterbacks out of the 32 that started every game uh Dak Dak's been very fortunate he's a big strong body but uh th- this is really just it's it's so interesting because we've seen uh Brad Johnson John Kitna Kyle Lorton Matt Castle these are backups to the Cowboys and of course Romo just couldn't stay healthy and uh, but Romo, uh, when he broke that bone in his back, they put Dak in there, and he he has not looking looked back. I, I just maybe he will develop Wayno and actually get more accurate from thirty thirty five yards this year. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I I think the uh, the Andy Dalton addition will uh, will of course push that. It'll either escalate his progression or it'll ex- escalate his exit, and we'll we'll see what that looks like. Which one of those sides of the coin we go on? I'm interested in. Uh, catch jason ward today sometime because he's a big cowboys fan to see uh what he thinks does, about this does it bother you uh that uh big red was 71 wins and 60 losses but he's not had a lot of help i mean now the it, Bengals, now, you now if you'd have said if you'd have said he was at i don't know i'm trying to think like like an atlanta if you'd have said he was that in, in atlanta maybe i'm a little bit more critical of him 
because you know Atlanta has had some seasons of good good football. But you look at the Bengals. Name the last good year for the Bengals. I'm not sure that you don't have to go back to like Anthony Munoz to find a really good season. Boomer Sison was probably the quarterback, and uh, of course, uh, yeah, long time. Like I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure Andy Dalton wasn't alive when uh, Boomer Sison was with the Bengals. Just saying. He's. He's 32. It's, it's hard to believe you play nine years and you're already 32 years old, but that's that's the game we play. If it you, is. If, if you'll play four years in college, that's exactly what happens, Boone. But, but anyway, Andy Dalton is, is a cowboy now, and we'll see if he pushes Dak Prescott or if he truly is hired to be the backup, the heir apparent, or the uh, the in case of emergency. You know Jerry's greatest, greatest wish, Wayne, though, is that uh, – <laughs> Dalton does not even step on the field for one snap because we know what that means. Well, that's true. That's true. And and, and Jerry's the Dak guy. He, Dak li- he likes super Dak. healthy if that happens. Well, well, we'll see how that shakes out. But they've got him a backup that's uh, that's serviceable that can throw the football, and we'll see if he ever gets an opportunity to do so. But hey, Boone, let's take us a quick break. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we're going to dive into a a a conversation piece that the coronavirus has ripped up. Does Tennessee need an alternate uniform? Does T. Martin, is he on board with one? And is Brian Niedermeyer the trigger guy for trying to get this push, trying to get this this movement, if you will, uh, off the ground and running? We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKBL.com. We'll be back. You don't want to miss it. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948. Or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Livestock is essential to America, and Rule King is working hard to provide your essential livestock supplies. You can buy online at RuleKing.com and pick it up at the store. And we're taking extra steps to provide a safer shopping experience for you and our associates. Rule King is open every day from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. with the first hour reserved for our most at-risk customers. And please remember to practice social distancing. Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Your local Blount County Community Food Connection is still open serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. 
Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blunt County Community Food Connection. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Monday edition. I about said Tuesday. I about made it a day day later. That ain't no good, is it, Boone? You gave us a funeral. That's two funerals I had. What funeral? I had a funeral over the weekend. Yeah. I buried uh, Diet Coke. Oh, did you? It uh, hangs around your body for six weeks. You know, I always made it a kind of a custom to never drink anything I couldn't pronounce. I was having a little bit of trouble with about 10 words on that can. Then I found out it stays in your body six weeks. I ain't going to lie, Boone. I'm sitting here and I'm like, how, how is he at the age he is and can't say Diet Coke? <laughs> okay, I get it. The ingredients is what you're talking about. Yeah, those 10-syllable synonyms who, for sugar and who, acid. Who can't say yellow number 10? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway... Anyway, Boone, we, I, I really feel like we need to have a show that's nothing but what we talk about at the breaks because I think that's pretty funny, too. I don't – uh, we could have one on the, the treasure trove. Treasure trove. On these four walls here. I think so. You know, when we get Mr. Uh, All-American in here Wednesday, maybe he'll – he's going to show us a Bear Bryant. I, have you ever seen a Bear Bryant autograph? No. No, but I ain't really been ever looking for one, Boone. Being a big Tennessee fan, I know you're a respecter of all things coaching, but I've always thought of him as uh, he wore that red jacket for a reason because he was from a dark and hot place. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, I have anyway. a little bit more respect for victories. <laughs> yeah, I you know, hate to, hate destroys all hearts, even uh, broken hearts. You do know that, right? Well, you got to have one to break one. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Tennessee assistant coach Brian Niedermeyer and T. Martin – over the last few weeks, have kind of been dropping these little nuggets, Boone. Every so often, it'll be, you know, da-da-da-da-da, go Vols, hashtag bring back black jersey movement or bring back the black movement, da-da-da-da-da. And so it kind of went under the radar, and it's kind of, you know, hit or miss and d- different things. But over the weekend, it kind of took on a, a little bit of a head as Knox News released an article talking about Jeremy Pruitt when – when Pruitt came to Tennessee, it was back to traditional. 
It was it was white helmet, orange tee. It was it was no checkerboard on the back of the stripe, you know, because that had been something Butch had added. Which honestly, those are those are two of the things that I really miss from our uniforms is the checkerboard on the back of the helmet and on the pant stripe. Did you have a problem with him removing the uh, the gray jersey? I didn't care. You know, honestly, you know what it, I think? I think it was too much of a reminder of. Uh, of Bush. Bush. Well, I mean, it's no different than the black jerseys was a big reminder of Lane Kiffin for a long time. But my my thing is, and it's what I've always said, I don't care, you know, with all due respect, you, you name any great coach because I don't want to make any one person mad or several. Uh, you name any great coach, and I've always said, I don't care if we've got to dig him up. If it means winning, that's what I'm about. You know what I'm saying? Because all these people's like, I can't believe we've got a, a guy from Alabama as our coach. I can't believe – We've got a Georgia guy as our coach. I don't really care. I just want to win. And I feel like if if that's what it takes, that means we're dedicated. And, and so, anyway, I say all that to say this. I don't care if we wear pink tutus and, and a ballerina hat. If we're winning, that's that's fine with me. So, when he went traditional and he said, you know, we're going to get rid of the the white and orange jer- or cleats, we're going to go to black cleats, we're going to go back to just traditional white pants with the power T on the hip, we're going to go back to orange jerseys and white on the road, you know, kind of the same old, same old. Uh, and, and then the helmet sticker is going to be a, a solid orange stripe instead of the checkerboard. All of it was fine. You know, like I said, I kind of missed the checkerboard on the pants and the helmet. But nonetheless, it is what it is. And 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 that's kind of what I'd stuck with. You know what I'm saying? Like Because it is there, – there's two schools of thought, Boone. There's, there's don't worry about how you look, just play hard. And then there's the school of thought that look good, play good, feel good, play you know, play hard. And, and so I'm of all the the gamut. But over the last couple of weeks, T. Martin, uh, Brian Niedermeyer's kind of been spearheading this thing. It's probably more, uh, you know, some kids and different things like that as well. But uh, Jeremy Pruitt opened up this weekend and 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 didn't completely didn't squash it, which is kind of weird. Uh, Tennessee football coach Jeremy Pruitt is a self-professed traditionalist he made a point of eliminating alternate uniforms from the program when he took it over in 2018 banishing the smoky gray alternates that the Vols wore 2013 through 17 uh, for good however some Tennessee assistants spearheaded like I said by linebackers coach Brian Niedermeyer have teased of a return of an alternate uniform Uh, talking a, a little bit on Twitter like I said mostly hashtags uh, one of them is uh, Bring Back Black Jerseys Movement uh, and On a Mission 21. It says, while it could be a ploy to attract further attention from recruits, the movement has gained traction. Two days later, he tweeted out an edit of a Tennessee linebacker, Covarius Crouch, in a black jersey, black pants, tagged wide receiver coach T. Martin and said, let them know, bring back the black jerseys. And, and 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 like I said, this is this is Corona conversation is what this is. This is one that you know it, it doesn't do any harm to talk about it. It, it makes an interesting movement. I mean, I know Chad Fields. Uh, he's the guy that if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should uh, because he's a uniform guy. He likes putting. He's got a little program where he can make alternate helmets and kind of put them out there. And he's got a little way to 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 mock up some alternate uniforms. But Boone, is it is it necessary or is it a good thing to be kind of thinking in these realms? Because does it mean that we that the pressure isn't as much right now, or does it is it a way to get in front of these recruits? 
My muse has returned in the flesh. My cup runneth over. Did I hear some poetry and prose there bringing back the black? Hey, I did hear you say they started talking about this two weeks ago. And in eight days, in seven days, we've had eight recruits. If it gets the recruits excited, great. Uh, Black jerseys, orange numerals, little white outline on the numerals, and then that orange V-neck. Orange, of course, the orange and white uh, circular SEC logo. The I don't really get excited about the black jersey and the black pants. Um, I I would like the black jersey. I'm more of a traditionalist than a non-traditionalist, but no. Did you see there were uh, there were four thousand two hundred thirty-six little hearts and likes? Yeah, they're I mean they're buying into it. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing. Do I ever want them to wear these things like every game or, or what have you? No. Like, there's nothing, there is nothing that's as clean as white pants, orange jersey, white helmet on that green grass. It just, it fits. Now, we are going to get the orange checkerboard back, right? Man, I love that. On the pants? I'm a little bit. No, we're going double stripe this year. I have one little negativity here, Wayno. Uh, just one? In the past... It's like Butch tried to pull a, a win out of his rear pocket or something. I don't want to get in a situation where we're wearing a certain color to emotionally charge the fan base and the players into a frenzy and we win it, thus said game that we have to have. I'm just saying, like, if you knew that – because, again, whether you talk about not wanting to do that or not, it's a thing. You tell me. You tell me. Was there in your college playing days? Was there ever? Hey, we beat Carson Newman when we wore these uniforms. Let's put them boys back on. You would not believe the excitement level that young uh, hormone-filled college football players can reach over just simple little things. Well, if, what if it fires up the players? Go for it. What I'm saying is, if if <laughs> and and again, I. I it's May, and and I swear this is this is the witching hour of when my fandom gets a little outrageous, and I, I begin to believe that you know we can we can you know leap mountains in a single bound and those kind of things. But I always go back to this: if if taking the stripe off the helmet beats Alabama, do it. If if putting the T you know inverted or on its side beats Georgia, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Because it is a game of inches, and I think at some point we're going to athletically be balanced. So if, if they come to Knoxville and we want to we wanna get this, this boost and it, and it means wearing a, wearing a black jersey, then put them on. Put them on because at the end of the day, they're not going to go, well, we don't recognize that time we, we broke that big streak against Alabama because we had the black jerseys on. I, I just I'm not saying that we should have to do it, but I feel like in in eighteen to twenty two year old kids, I mean you, you know it's it's the old I don't know if uh, you ever seen the movie Ace Ventura. We'll bring some some pop culture in here. I have indeed. He said I've got an offensive lineman that hasn't washed his jockey strap in two years because he thinks flies are lucky. <laughs> it's one of those situations if that's what it takes to get to get these guys fired up and to get these young players bought in and and honestly, like you said. Just sheer conversation. I don't think it's a coincidence that that the fresh look is part of the the whole. Well, we go to Tennessee. We could have look at that. We could be wearing that in a couple years. 
I think there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of cat and mouse, a little bit of recruiting fodder that you're you're kind of building there. But at the same rate, Jeremy Pruitt didn't close the door on a Fox Sports Knoxville uh, outlet. Uh, he was asked if if there was a possibility of bringing back alternate uniforms, and quite frankly, when I saw the the article, I said, "Well, this ends this. He's going to squash it." And he said. I'll say this. He said the alternate uniforms, the creativity, there's an opportunity to mix it up. Uh, He said that's something that in the future uh, we can certainly look forward to doing. Uh, He said, but he did not say it would be in 2021. He said the last time Tennessee strayed away from some combination of orange and white was in a 41 to nothing loss to Georgia in 2017, the final resting place of the smoky gray uniforms. So uh, I, I don't think he's interested in that being on the top of his to-do list, um, but I think he is, he has cooled over the last few, um, you know, over the last couple years in the fact that, uh, you know, that, that may not lose you any football games and, and it may, it may give you an edge that, uh, that you, you don't want to admit that it'll give you. Young blood, let's launch today on this radio program. Young blood, anything what? that will allow us to win a game by even a fourth of an inch, uniform wise, let's go for it. Uh, yeah, if we need to wear purple socks, I don't care. I don't care. Yep. If it gets third and one, let's wear it. We're looking at a Carl Pickens jersey, two white stripes on the sleeves, and it's uh, the the mesh we used to call it Maribel College. Oh, the little the, the fish tearaways? the fishnet looking thing. I'll say this, and then here's a 38 national champion offensive lineman in some big all-American sweater-looking thing. The little changes uh, add to the tradition and the memories, and it's all good. As long as they don't get rid of them orange britches, as, as Trey Smith calls them. That's our one tradition. You know my father-in-law hates the orange pants? He must remember certain games we've, uh, we've lost in. See, here's the thing. I can I can totally side with that. We haven't performed very well all orange. You know what I'm saying? Orange jersey, orange pants. But the orange pants on the road to me is like it should be a staple. Because to me, when you're on the road, and I love the Stormtroopers, the all-whites, but I feel like when you take those orange pants on the road, it's just another here come the big orange, not here come here come the big white with a little bit of orange on it. Everybody, Penn State looks, you know, they've got an all-white. But they don't have orange pants. Well, I'm looking at Joey Kent here with the white pants, white jersey, orange numerals with the black lining. Oh, you yeah. You got good memories of the black. The black. The only appearance of the black is apparently the outlining of the numerals on the mm-hmm. jersey. Yeah, and I like that. I, I really do. I remember those those years when you know when they kind of the national championship year they had the black outline around the numerals. The numerals were like four foot tall. It seemed like so. Uh, but, but no, I think, I think there's a lot of ways you can, you can, you can kind of pep it up. There's a lot of different ways you can do it. Honestly, if you wanted to start with something, bring back that checkerboard on the helmet and the pants. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's the way to go. Hey, if Niedermeyer is suggesting this, and I've heard the uh, rumbling gossip on the street that he's responsible for a lot of these late recruits, let him call a shot and Pruitt can agree with it. How about we go halfsies? Give us the black jerseys, but we'll wear them orange britches. Just so we get the checkerboard in here. Get it going. Get it going. We'll do what we got to do. The votes are in from here. Uh, Boone's a traditionalist. Shocker. And I'm okay with it. Let's win, baby. But uh, here's the deal. We're going to switch gears at the at the break. We're going to come back to start bench cut. It would have been Kentucky Derby weekend, so there'll be a little, little Churchill Downs player on start bench cut. We'll be back. You're listening to The Grind. Don't miss it. 
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. At the Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. During the Safer at Home order, Knox Area Rescue Ministries has continued to provide a home to those without one. It's shown why CARM is an essential business in our community. CARM Stores was recently designated as an essential business as well. CARM Stores thank you for your previous support and are excited to announce the reopening of donation centers and stores. As we resume receiving your generous donations, we recognize that business might not be completely as usual. We will continue to monitor guidelines from local officials and practice safe social distancing recommendations. We appreciate your continued support of Knox Area Rescue Ministries and CARM Stores as we remain dedicated to serving the homeless, needy, and vulnerable during this time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports.
And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Monday edition. Booner, start, bench, cut. Uh, the the most the, the newest segment here on the grind, but uh, one that I don't know that it doesn't create more more creativity, uh, more more thought provoking uh, than a lot of things that we talk about. Uh, one that uh, I want to start with, I'm I'm kind of I'm spanning the gamut again. We're gonna have two that are not sports related, three that are. Uh, start like this: most dominant sports dynasty. And again, there's more that you could have listed or I could have picked. But at the same rate, I feel like in their respective sport, uh, they're kind of at the mountaintop. Uh, the Patriots of the NFL, the Yankees of Major League Baseball, and the Los Angeles Lakers of the NBA. Boone, start bench cut. Who is the who is the most prolific dynasty? Yankees have won 32 World Series. More? But anyway, go ahead. 28? 27. Um, but they've a, played a, in a ton. They've played in a ton. Lou Gehrig alone. I mean, the the man's life gets cut short by Lou Gehrig disease. I had to start the Yanks. I mean, through the years, uh, all the World Series records that Yogi Bear owns, most World Series games played, the home run records by he. and I mean, it, it would be just an unbelievable chart. Uh, task just try to just write down some of these famous Yankee players I'm going to bench the Lakers I'm not a super big fan of Pat Riley I learned over the weekend that uh, man the Knicks were up two to nothing on Jordan's Bulls and he's basically said that they will not dunk on you and you talking about a karate chop contest at the rim I'm going to cut you ain't trying if you ain't cheating Patriots and <laughs> Brady's and Flategate and I know they've won a bunch of them but I'm just I'm just not big fans of uh, everything they do. Yeah, I, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head. Your your start bench cut is my same order. I just would add uh, the reason I put the Yankees up there kind of the same boat. Twenty seven championships. You know they've won the American League forty times. They've got forty AL pennants. Uh, they've they've won the Eastern Division 19 times. They have seven wild card berths, and and at the year 2000, in all years of Major League Baseball, they had two. They had been that good, that dominant that they had either won their division or got in. They had got in via via winning in, not wild card. But uh, there's a part of uh, human nature in all of us when they spend unbelievably monstrous amounts of money and they've won so many of them and they flop on their face we almost have to snicker a little bit you know i'm a big fan of theirs but i'll admit i'll admit doing that when they try to just well i'll spend everybody in a little royals or the oakland a's come up and win it with the least money i won't i want to i won't disagree that i don't like the 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 small small market teams coming in and winning but i'll always say and 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 i'm a yankees fan so cups half full here I would always say, if you had it, you would spend it too. If you knew David Justice wanted to come play for you, you'd buy him. If you knew that Aaron Judge was the greatest player, you know, at that time, you go pay him. Gary Sheffield, uh, Johnny Damon. I mean, all the names that you know that that were quote unquote. I'm using the finger quotes. Um, bought. They could say no to those contracts. They didn't have to go. 
I'm that, trying to snake charm you into my way of thinking, but you ain't having none of it. I'm just saying, if I had that money, if and, and I like the, the way your mind operates, but I'm just you know, it's it's a uh, it's being efficient with your dollars, and and I guess if they feel like winning is efficient, then they have done just that. So I go with the Yankees, and then the Lakers, and, and it's kind of the I, I love the way you kind of got through that. Is is traditionally they were really good. Uh, if you look at the 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 banners that are hung in. Um, in in the Staples Center, uh, I think I think it's amazing the the players that have come through that 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 organization. Uh, they've got the only player uh, to ever have two jersey numbers retired: uh, Kobe Bryant and eight and twenty four, winning winning multiple championships with both numbers on. So I think that puts you in in pretty some thin air. Uh, they won multiple back to back or even three peat championships in different decades. So I think that's a special thing that their organization can do. Uh, and then, and then again, my, my disdain for the Patriots uh, is what got them cut. So uh, start the Yankees, bench the Lakers and cut the, uh, the, the flake gate, the I'm going to Tampa to see if I can do it by myself. Uh, Tom Brady led new England Patriots. I digress. I feel like that whole deal was digression. So we agreed on that, but for different reasons. Well, I mean, I think it's all the the cut was the same. We just didn't like them. Uh, summer is coming on, Boone. Uh, as as two eighty degree days hit us in the last two, uh, you gotta gotta think like, what is the you know, especially with the virus coming out. Like, are you really gonna are you really gonna be flocking to Myrtle Beach and and places to get get away? Maybe, maybe not. But the question remains: summer fun for Booner. Lake life, mountain life, or beach life, start bench cut. When I utter these words, you're probably going to say you're a fool. I can't believe. I doubt it. I doubt. Maybe not just exactly like that. I can't believe I'm going to ever trust another word out of your vile mouth. Vile mouth. I lived in the beach one year and six months, and why did I come back to the mountains? I got homesick. I'm going to start the mountains. It's deep in my blood. Daniel Boone was my fifth great uncle. Beach. I'm going to bench. I'm going to cut the lake. Yeah, you know, I guess, and it may be where I grew up. Uh, the lake just wasn't the cleanest water out there, so it gets cut for me too. I'm just, I'm just going to agree with you. Yeah, you're hot and you want to cool off, but you're like, eh, what's in there? Yeah, it's like, I don't have the right shoes. There may be broken bottles in there. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to start the beach, or I'm going to start the mountains, cut the or bench the beach, and cut the lake. Because, yeah, I go to, um, you know, I go to the beach, and I'm ready to come home in about three days. I like it. It's pretty. It's fun. I, I get my seafood fixed, and then I come on back. I'm, I'm done with it. You never lived until you've gone to the Keys, checked in, you're there two minutes. They put you on the third level floor, and you're dying. And the guy comes in there to work on the air conditioner, and he goes, "Oh, it's working great. The only <laughs> problem is it's noon." Yeah, right. In the keys, <laughs> and he works on it for two hours. Tells you it's uh, better, but it's only because the sun moved a little bit farther over. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I've never been to the keys. I'll just take your word for it, Boone. But, uh, you know, I talked about it at the break. You know, this past weekend would have been uh, Kentucky Derby weekend. The mint juleps would have been flowing, and, and a lot of people with big old hats would have been at Churchill Downs. Uh, but with the coronavirus, that has been postponed. But it, it made you think, and I don't know if you saw it. If you didn't, you should. Uh, search Triple Crown Winners uh, Simulation. 
they literally took all the Triple Crown winners and raced them digitally, and it was really cool because it just showed, you know, kind of where people were and and, and how their run style was. Like, this horse would jump out, and and I won't spoil it because I really think people should watch it, but it's really cool. But I look back, and, 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 you know, I'm a big Seabiscuit fan. I'm a big big Secretariat fan. I've watched the the documentaries on Barbaro. I've watched the documentaries on on a lot of different pieces, uh, a lot of different horses uh, over the years. Uh, but I really like the Kentucky Derby. I love the Triple Crown. And uh, and one thing I like to bring up is is the Triple Crown winners. Most prolific, Boone. Start, bench, cut, secretariat, American Pharaoh, and Justify. The la- Three of the last four Triple Crown winners. Takes a lot to get me a little teary-eyed. Secretariat, my starter, is able to do that. I did not think there could be another being other than man to have energy, courage, not quit in any bone in that body. Then I looked at the list, and I kind of liked the song once upon a time. It was, What Have You Done For Me Lately? Anytime someone does this lately, I'm a big fan of it. Justify is going to be my bench. and I'm Cutting gonna, American Pharaoh? I'm going to cut American Pharaoh, and um, maybe you can tell me why I did I'm, that. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, a, a it's gonna be a, a not so fast Booner. I'm gonna start American Pharaoh. I'm starting American Pharaoh because he defied the odds. It had been 37 years since a Triple Crown winner uh, when he took the when he took the reins, won the Kentucky Derby, took on the Preakness, and then knocked down the Belmont. That's why I start him is because it back in the day uh, there wasn't anything else to do but horse race. I mean, it was one of those deals where you could. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, there wasn't, I wouldn't say there wasn't money thrown at it, but there wasn't the level that it is now. Uh, All the specialized guys and all the specialized things. But I'm going to start American Pharaoh because he's the one that tipped the cup, that got the the needle moving, and then I would say his victory led to justify getting the victory here just a a couple years ago. I'm going to bench Secretariat, and again, because he was one of those prolific horses, uh, that you see the pictures of how much he won by, uh, and it, it was funny. There was one that came out this week that said uh, Secretariat was the first to introduce social distancing because he was that far ahead. There was literally pictures to where they were a wide angle shot, and there wasn't another horse in the in the in the frame. So uh, I think he's he's worth the the bench, and and you don't cut uh, the the powerhouse of Secretariat, but I'm going to, I'm going to cut justify. And it's not because he's not a great horse, not because he's not a triple crown winner, but it's because he doesn't have the ambiance of breaking a 37 year streak. He doesn't have the power of a Secretariat and he's just a, uh, a casualty of a start bench cut. But Boone, we've, uh, we've exhausted our time. Don't miss top of the hour. Jason Swain, the Swain event. And what is a block of sports right here in Blunt County? But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. We'll see you tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. Tuesday edition.